Hey everybody, this is Aaron, and you're about to hear me start off the episode by declaring that this is the start of season nine of the Good Lion Podcast. But guess what? Joke's on me. This is actually season 10. And, you know, I thought about going in and pulling apart the episode project and re-recording and re-editing that little part, but I'm just going to put it here. So welcome to season 10 of the Good Line Podcast. Don't listen to what future Aaron says. Listen to what Aaron right now says. Not Aaron in a few seconds, Aaron right now. Okay, thanks for listening. Hey everybody and welcome to season nine of the Good Lion Podcast. I'm your host Aaron Salvato and joining me after a long time apart from recording together is my dear friend and co-host Brian Higgins. You know it's been a while since Brian and I have been able to record together and in that time we've both seen our lives evolve in so many ways from becoming parents to shifting our roles in ministry and in career and work we found ourselves in uncharted territories grappling with new challenges but also celebrating new joys and you know when I think of the audience of this podcast I assume a lot of you guys are in similar spots life is always changing evolving growing and shifting but as Brian and I were journeying through these changes we realized that amidst all the hustle and bustle of life the trials and the triumphs there's something or rather someone that we constantly need to recenter our attention on, and that's Jesus. In our fast-paced world, it's really easy to lose sight of Christ and to let our relationship with Him take a backseat as we juggle all of these different responsibilities. But here's the thing, it's in these very moments of change and uncertainty that we need Jesus the most. So as we kick off this season, we want to invite you to join us to take a moment to reflect on the heart of our entire faith. Jesus himself. We want to take a moment to reflect on the transformative power of the gospel, explore the hope that Jesus provides, and even look at what it means to reclaim our sense of childlike wonder and faith that believes that God can do anything and will do anything that he desires to do. It's a deep, spiritual, and reflective conversation, and in the beginning we have a little bit of fun discussing some of the frankly freaky developments in artificial intelligence. Spoiler alert, I created a robot version of Brian. <laughs> this was a long conversation, so we split it into two parts. This is part one. No matter what season you're in in your life, I hope that this episode blesses you, encourages you, and points you to Jesus. Let's get into the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the Good Lion Podcast. I am Aaron Salvato and joining me is... I'm Brian Higgins. <laughs> That's your line. That's how you normally say it. Oh man, you're back. It's been a I'm while. I'm here. It's been, it's been a long time since you and I it's have been, sat down to record together. It's been a little bit. You're not wrong. Welcome back. <laughs> it is good to be back. It's really, really good to have this you. opportunity. Oh man. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's it's just, this is the way things are supposed to be. Those of you guys listening, you may not know, but Brian and I haven't actually recorded together in, gosh, I want to say six months, maybe? It's been a while. At least. At we, least six months. We've both been dealing with babies, not multiple babies per person, but just one baby per man, which is a lot. God bless our wives. One baby per man. 
would have been a great title for Full House. <laughs> there I you hope go. that it was pitched to somebody that way. Wait, quick question. Yeah. There's Uncle Jesse. Did you yes. call Joey Uncle Joey? Or did you just call him Joey? Was he not Uncle Joey? So he is not blood related. But I always called him Uncle Joey because in my mind, that's the role he played in the lives of the girls. He was basically a brother to Danny. But my wife is constantly correcting me. She's like, no, it's just Joey. It's not Uncle Joey. And I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Cut so it I never, out. I never knew that this... <laughs> <laughs> We're back. We haven't missed a beat. Um, I never knew this controversy existed. I just assumed it was canon that he was Uncle Joey. You uh, thought he was blood related. Is, I don't know what I thought about the relationship. Maybe I thought that, but it's weird if he's not. <laughs> like, well, it's yeah. a weird situation, even if he is, but it's really weird if he was just Bob Saget's friend. That's and that's then, exactly what he is. It's like Bob Saget's couch surfing unemployed friend in season one, I believe. Like he's a failed stand-up comic who plays with puppets. This sounds a lot like me 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> There's an alternate world where your Uncle Aaron in yeah. a full house real life situation. Well, you know, I never thought I'd get married back then, so that was kind of the dream. You know, if I could just reach Uncle Aaron status somewhere, but yeah, both my both my sisters have kids now, so I am both a husband, a father, and an uncle. The trifecta. There Nailed you go. It. So here's the thing, man. We were kind of going through a spell with the podcast. A lot, a lot has changed. Like on the show, for one, we have a lot more listeners, and that's not directly correated to you not being around. It's just the timing of it. I'm um, fine if it is. That's it no has big nothing. Deal. No, sorry it, to sorry to disappoint <laughs> everyone. I'm back. The, the, just the listenership just goes straight, just plummets. It's um, just our moms. They're <laughs> the only ones that hear this episode. They're just hitting refresh 50 million times per episode. So last summer, we launched the new version of CalvaryChapel.com. And somehow, with not just this show, but every show on the Good Lion Podcast Network, formerly Good Lion Podcast Network, rest in peace. It's now CG and Media. Yeah, a lot, a lot has changed, like I said. The launch of CalvaryChapel.com basically caused all of our podcasts to like skyrocket. So this show was getting like... 600 plays per episode and now it's getting somewhere around three to four grand per episode so all you new listeners hi <laughs> this is brian <laughs> three to four grand is a strange way to phrase a number that isn't money mm. okay three how to many three people th did jesus feed on the mountain oh about <laughs> five grand about three to four grand yeah no i mean it, it it's it's just, it's crazy. Things are crazy with the podcast. And Brian, you've been around like posthumously. That's, you're not dead, but <laughs> we've had old episodes of you from like season one and two that we've been replaying, which thank you. Thank you for your service. But it is so good to have you like back for real. You and I are going to try to get together and record at least once a month together and possibly try to do a couple episodes out of that. So I am very stoked to have you back. But I, I do have to say there was a brief moment where I considered replacing you with a robot now that artificial intelligence is a thing. I mean, listen to, listen to what Robot Brian came up with. Oh, man, I'm going to rap, yo. Verse 1. Listen up, y'all, I got a story to tell about a man who walked the earth and rocked it well. His name was Jesus, and he came to save, healing the sick and bringing hope to the brave. Oh, 
He was born in a manger in Bethlehem. Son of God, he came to redeem us from sin. He grew up strong, preaching love and peace, teaching us to love our neighbors and to seek the kingdom of God with all our heart, to stand up for what's right and do our part. Oh, man, I'm going to rap, yo. Oh, oh, man, I'm going to rap, yo. The, the thing about that is if you were going to rap, I would imagine it would sound something similar to that. Just just a very white rap. I would announce it. I, I would not just subtly <laughs> shift into rap. I would be like, hey, hey, everyone, I'm going to rap, yo. Like that, That's definitely how I would transition conversation into freestyle theological rapping. Oh, my gosh. It's just. I mean, can we just take a moment to appreciate how incredible, like, technology has come? That's another thing that's changed since the last time we recorded. All of a sudden, there's just artificial intelligence everywhere, and I was able to feed a computer, like, five minutes of you talking, and then I just, I had one computer write a horrible rap script, and then I fed it to the other computer that had your voice trained, and now we've got a robot Brian. This is definitely something that Christians 20 years from now are going to look at the same way that we view like the, you know, the like Jesus is a friend of mine song where it's like, Jesus is a friend friend. of mine. Jesus is my friend. Like that's the same way we look at that. That's how we're going to be viewed for AI rap Jesusing. AI Jesus rapping is probably the better way to say that. It's, it's, it's just nuts. It's, I, I, I have another one. I think I came back knowing that you had this just in the can ready to go. I know. I don't know I, why you accepted my invite of, hey, I think I can do a recording session. You could have been like, I think we're good. Well, here's the thing, though. It's because my job's at risk, too, because not only do we have a robot, Brian, but there, there's also a robot, me. I, I actually created robots of both of us that write and record their own version of the show. Let's Let's see what that sounds like. Welcome to the Good Lion Podcast, where we explore the intersection of faith and culture. I'm Aaron, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Brian. Hey, everyone. It's good to be back. It's good to be back indeed. Although, I have to say, it's been a while since we've recorded a new episode. Yeah, man, it has. Absolutely. I mean, I know we've been busy with other things, but it almost feels like we've forgotten how to podcast. (laughs) Yeah, it's like we've lost our podcasting mojo. But seriously, though, it's got me wondering, will we ever record a new episode? That's a deep question, Brian. It's like asking, will we ever achieve true happiness, or will the universe collapse in on itself? (laughs) Ha ha ha. Well, maybe not quite that deep. But it does make me wonder about the nature of time. Is there a fixed timeline for our lives, or is it more like a branching tree with infinite possibilities and outcomes? And what about free will? If we do record a new episode, is it because we chose to or because it was predetermined by some higher power? And what if we do record a new episode, but nobody listens to it? Does it even exist in any meaningful sense? And what does all of this say about God's plan for our lives? Does he have a specific path for us to follow, or are we free to make our own choices? Well, if we do record a new episode, maybe we should just call it the existential crisis of two podcasters. Ha ha. I think we might lose some listeners with that title. Ha ha ha. Fair enough. But in all seriousness, it's good to explore these kinds of questions. Absolutely. It helps us to gain a deeper understanding of ourselves and of the world around us. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe our next episode will be the best one yet. Here's hoping. Thanks for joining us, everyone. And until next time, keep exploring the intersection of faith and culture.
Incredible. Why does my robot sound like John Mulaney before rehab? <laughs> I sound like a like a I I sound very wooden, like just Ben Shapiro without coffee is what I sound like. You sound like a Fred Armisen character. I think this is just like <laughs> Christian SNL 2019. I talked I was talking like this, Brian. Yes, I think we should probably record a podcast. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> just the laugh, laugh killed me. Oh my gosh! But I, I love that it got your uh, your. We, we it both had us saying absolutely, which longtime listeners of the show, I, I don't know if they've noticed, but we we say it like a hundred times per episode. Absolutely, absolutely, we do. <laughs> I just it, it's yeah. I, I feel like we've got a while to go before robots can completely replace us. So it's. It's good to have you, man. It's really good to have you. And before we get into the meat of the episode, do you want to share just anything that's been going on in your life that people can be praying for? I know we both sure. had we both had some changes lately. You know, over here we're doing the Good Lion School discipleship out here in Yukon, Oklahoma, which has been rad. What's been going on with you? Yeah, in the last year, I became a real adult. Um, <laughs> I same. I got a a nine to five job that is sometimes more than nine to five. I bought a house that no matter how much I beg, Wells Fargo says I have to pay that payment every first of the month. And I have a son who at the time of us recording is 14 months old. Wow. The months get really hard to do after 12. Uh, they get really confusing. It's like military time. Just do where it's like he's a year and X months. What I normally do is I say he turned one in February and then I just <laughs> let whoever's Whoever I'm talking to, I let them figure it out. But I bet your wife um, has like the exact number locked in all the time, right? No, she's actually pretty chill about it. Okay, so it's just Brooklyn. She's definitely not like, uh, like I don't get texts of like, he's 16 months today. That means his benchmarks for this month are blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, she's pretty <laughs> laid back about all that kind of stuff. That's great. She's a good mom. I'm not trying to say she's like, <laughs> she, she's like, yeah, he'll figure it out. Like... Well, it just makes me feel a little bit better because people ask me how old he is. And I'm like, he's something. <laughs> I I know the year. I'm very confident in that. Yeah. And I feel like that's really all I will need going forward. Right. And before one year, each month makes a really big difference. Yes. So I, I think when you say he's one, that turns it into like a choose your own adventure story of like how much detail do you want to know about a one-year-old? It's kind of like if I <laughs> if I wanted to bring up something about sports, like I could mention a player, mm. and then it's kind of like, okay, here's a reference. If you really want to talk about this, you will pick up the reference from there. Right. And if you don't, then I'll just leave it, and that's totally fine. And so it's like if I bring up, oh, he's one, and then if someone's like, oh, well, have you noticed, you know, size <laughs> five diapers do blah, 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 like whatever, and then it's like, okay, now we're... We're going to be in the zone together. Yeah. Like if someone asks you like, hey, how old, how old are your parents? You're like, oh, my dad's like 60 years and seven months old. Or what have you just said? He, he, he's 3000 months old. That would be I don't know how many. I think it's what we is. should all do. It's very precise if we if we all do months. But all um, that to say, yeah. I, I have simply had to pull back from the show because of life responsibilities. When we first started this show, I was working in full-time ministry. And a lot of what we've talked about through the show is how that's really no longer the case. But in particular, the, the current situation that I'm in is just not 
super conducive to being able to have a consistent recording schedule. In addition to all of that, the the church that I am part of, a church in Homedale, New Jersey, I've joined on there as a, a part-time pastor. So mm. I'm, I'm focusing in a lot more in the local community where I'm at, and I'm taking it one day at a time. Yeah, you're working with youth again, right? I'm working with youth again. I'm working awesome. with a young church in the mm. sense of this church has only been around for about five years. Oh, so it's like not that. just like and a that, church of only middle school kids then. <laughs> it's a really young <laughs> church. <laughs> Once you turn 18, we kick you out. Um, that church would have zero tithe dollars. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm one of the, the, the way that I view myself there and the way that I've talked about it with our senior pastor there is there are a number of things that need to kind of be built from the ground up. And so youth was one of those things. And so that's my current focus. And I kind of see myself as sort of like the launch team for mm. some of the specific things that the church wants to grow in. Not like I'm not just the guy going around being like, that's a problem. I'll fix it. Like that <laughs> would make me a jerk. But um, so we've been establishing some things with youth group. We want to establish some stuff with nursery ministry, which now having a one-year-old, I, I care a lot more about. And so it's exciting to kind of your, your interest into, in that, that increased like 300%. <laughs> overnight yeah just like it, it became immediately interesting to me so yeah that's that's where that's where we're at that's great man i love it i'm so excited for all of it when i heard that you were getting involved with youth again obviously i was just like heck yeah that's one of the things i think that both you and i are built to do and it's one of those things i know that you know there's been different seasons of calling and but it's like we both have been like yeah i could jump back into that in a heartbeat if that's what god called me to do so i love mm -hmm. i love that you're doing that i love that you're you know like you said like you're you're helping build things i think that's so a part of who you are and your dna and what you're gifted at and so that's that's awesome man thanks for sharing all that happy to do it So when you told me the other day that you could record, I was just like head over heels excited because honestly, man, you're one of my best friends in the world. And I miss what we've said going back to like the early days. <laughs> what is podcasting if it's not a reason for adult men to have long form conversations with one another? <laughs> That's basically it. This is how we catch up. Yeah. And, and we're both so busy now that it's like, it's, I, I have a hard time talking to all of my really good friends cause I'm just so swamped and they feel the same way. I've got my best friend from high school. Like we're at the point where we're, we just text each other memes and that's just it. Cause we both have, he's got two kids. I've got one. And, and so, yeah, I mean, just life is, life is crazy, but I'm so glad that we can do this kind of thing. And when I was thinking about what could we possibly talk about, I was going through tons of different things in my mind. I was going through questions that have been raised by students at our Good Lion School of Discipleship. I was going through questions that I've had as I've been attending seminary with Professor Gary Brashears and, and just all these deep theological directions we could go. But then I was like, man, for, 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 for this first episode of us recording in a long time, I've just got this thing in my heart where I'm like, dude, I just want to talk about Jesus. And that's not like a cliche 
cop out. I, I genuinely feel like life has been so complex for me lately that I desperately need to like get back to the basics and focus in on the person and the work and the identity of Jesus. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know if you're coming from a same mindset that I'm kind of attacking this from, but part of us not recording in a long time places the thought in my mind of not recording for a long time is a possibility. Mm. So when we finally come back to be able to record again, there's part of me that's like, there's different things you do when you know you're going to put episodes out every week where it's like, yeah, we can afford to take three weeks to explore this obscure thing. Mm. And now it's like, there's the thought in the mind of, what if this is one of my three episodes for the year? Mm. <laughs> if that's the case, yeah. let me make sure I genuinely believe in it. Not that I was ever saying stuff I didn't genuinely believe in, but like, <laughs> l- let it, let's make sure it's something we really, really know, like we hit the important stuff. And yeah. so being able to just kind of focus in on some of the things that we want to say about who Jesus is to us and the priority that Jesus needs to have in our lives. You know, we're, I know we're not like Bible project blowing your mind of like, actually this word unlocks this entire school of Hebrew thought. (laughs) We're just like, Jesus is cool. And I hope you think so too. And that's, that's this episode. Yeah. So thank you everyone. We had a great time recording. (laughs) Click. Yeah, we're done. No, no. I mean, I, I get everything you're saying. And, and to me, I'm just like, what is a Christian if not a Jesus person? Like that is who we are supposed to be. Jesus people where it just, just everything just emanates Jesus-ness and his identity and his mission and his values and his ethics and all this stuff. And I was just thinking about it. I feel like one of the biggest revelations I've experienced in my time of doing full-time ministry and then now this new season of bivocational ministry it is so easy to lose sight of Jesus during ministry it is so easy to get so wrapped up with like you know ecclesiology like how are we going to run the church how are we going to do it how are we going to be our best version of pastors and create the best environment for these people or theology like in seminary oh my gosh it's just like let's study all these super complex things and let's dive into you know the old testament and read 20 really dry books about it and you know or or, you know just getting busy with life and with kids i mean even sometimes going to church and sitting and listening to a sermon it's like okay i'm picking up practical ways that this applies to theology or this applies to how I live as a Christian, but you can walk away from like a church service and not feel any connection in your heart to Jesus. I mean, do you, I know I'm, I'm speaking very broadly, but do you agree with any of what I'm saying? I completely agree with what you're saying. I think <laughs> that part of one of the things I remember kind of joking about when I first joined church staff and was doing youth ministry well, I said like, yeah, this is cool. I'm, I kind of get to be like a professional Christian. And I didn't mean that in the sense of like, I now am at a new level of Christianity. Like I meant it as like, what my job is, is to do the things that we should all be doing. But I just get to invest more time into them and, and all that. Like I thought it was going to be like so, so easy 
like yeah are are devos like part of my job description now like i kind of got <laughs> like caught up in some of those different things and am i paid to have devotions yeah kind of and like that was how i approached it at first and i i think that for a lot of people that attend church but do not work at church there is an idealizing of what working at a church is oh, so much. a bunch of people sitting around Bibles open, praying for each other all the time, never getting angry at each other and never having, you know, workplace conflict or when conflict arises, just everybody, you know, being willing to fall on their sword and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. you know, not to completely bash the idea of working at a church, but one of the things that I found in being in full-time vocational ministry is it actually felt pretty similar to being in content production. Yeah. Every week there's a service that needs to be put on. Mm. And really you could, if you wanted to use very different terminology for it, but arrive at kind of a crass description of what that means, it's kind of like every week we have to put on a show. Mm. And the show begins with a musical number. So we got to put a band together and we need to have all of the accompanying production equipment. And, and, you know, we want the the words that they're singing. We want them up on the screens. So we need to have a a video team that's able to do that. And we want to be able to have multiple cameras filming what's going on. So we're recording that content. There needs to be a monologue and the monologue is going to feel long. So there's a lot of words that need to get said and. You know, there's different elements of audience participation we want. And so we need to figure out where those pieces are going to go. And if you've ever created any kind of long form piece of content, you know that a lot of thought and planning and emotion goes into it. And as you're getting close to the deadline for that needing to be done, it becomes very all consuming. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Justin Thomas, president of Calvary Chapel Bible College. I want to invite you to visit our beautiful new campus located in the mountains of Southern California. CCBC offers a unique blend of theological training and practical education, equipping students to make a difference. With experienced faculty, supportive community, and a commitment to excellence, CCBC is the perfect foundation for every calling in life and ministry. If you or anyone you know is looking for a place to grow, check us out at ccbc.info. CCBC, a solid foundation for every calling. I remember one of the hardest feelings about being in full-time ministry was getting into the church office on Monday morning and thinking like, oh, we got to do that again in six days. Like, (laughs) oh man, I I don't know how I got through that last one. And it was very like, if you've ever heard Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld talk about writing the show Mm. uh, when they wrote Seinfeld together, like when they, when the first order was four episodes, they were like, okay, we can handle that. And then every summer they said Larry would quit the show because it would be like, (laughs) we have to write 20 of these. How on earth are we going to do that? And like you get so caught up in the work it takes to produce a thing that one, it becomes easy to stop thinking about what that work is really for. Yeah. And two, it becomes easy to substitute actually being with and working for Jesus with just doing stuff that makes service happen. Yeah. 
And in all of that, you can wind up losing the personal connection of the whole reason we have services. The whole reason we gather together is to feel connection with Jesus. But there are all these pieces that need to get put together. And instead of really feeling that focus of this is for the purpose of meeting with Jesus, it's like, hey, I got I got three laughs during announcements. Like people <laughs> seemed to like that part of it. And you just get so wrapped up in those things. You miss the whole point. Yeah, no, you're, gosh, you're hitting the nail on the head, man. I mean, when it comes to ministry, it's like we get so wrapped up in the process and the product and the process of getting the product. And I mean, you and I know exactly what that's like. I mean, and and really, I feel like we've never left it in a sense because, you know, I mean, for me, I was preaching every Sunday, every Wednesday for the most part, some Fridays, some Bible college classes, and then in this season over the last five years, I mean, this show has been a lot of work, you know, and you and I have done the same preparation process for many episodes on this show that we would do for prepping a sermon together. You know, if we were teaching a a team, teaching a series together, and then there's the editing and the production and the producing and the graphic design and writing the descriptions. And so, yeah, I mean, Christians find themselves in this constant content generation cycle and man, it just makes me think of just, just as an illustration, it's like, imagine if you married a woman and like the woman was also like, you know, this amazing teacher slash philosopher slash humanitarian. So it's like, Hey, I want you to marry me, but I also want you to come and like work with me and like join the business. And you know, you're, you're going to help me get my message out to the world and you're going to help me with my humanitarian charity efforts. And you're going to take my philosophy of helping people and actually like counsel people one-on-one. So it's like you, you marry this person, but then also like you're running their business essentially. And in the process of getting so absorbed into like the nitty gritty daily running of that business, you forget to even like talk to this person half the time or go on dates with them or have any sort of intimacy because you're just like, it's Monday, we've got to get the thing done. And that is sadly what ministry feels like a lot of times. It's like, I'm the bride of Christ. I'm, I'm somebody who should be more than anyone intimately familiar with Jesus and knowing him deeply, but I also have to like constantly produce things that point other people to him. Dude, I heard Tim Mackey on a podcast recently and he was asked, what was the hardest thing about being on staff at a church? And he said, it was teaching people these really deep, complex theological concepts that my personal Christian life had not caught up to yet. He's like, I was teaching people things mm-hmm. that I personally felt like I hadn't even grown to the place where I was living it out. And I was like, for Tim to say that, holy cow, like, thank you for being vulnerable. Cause I feel like a lot of us feel that way. Yeah. The, the tricky part is growth doesn't happen on the traditional church to continue the analogy content cycle. Yeah. You know, can you think of any other major change in your life that took a week? Like that just, that isn't how things normally go. And I'm not proposing we stop meeting once a week or anything like that. Like I'm not trying to to massively change the church. I I think the church is a a good and beautiful thing. I wholeheartedly endorse finding a local church, even an imperfect local church. Realistically, you'll only ever find an imperfect local church, but yeah, yeah, all, all of those caveats included, 
that still doesn't mean that you should expect that I hear a message on Sunday about greed. And by next Sunday, I will no longer be greedy. <laughs> like, like, that's just not the way that that process happens. And so learning to create some space and some room and some breath for, yeah, I, I feel that God wants me to grow in this area, but it's going to take a minute. It's going to need to really bake and not even so much. I just need to hear more information about it, but my heart needs to process it. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit needs to walk me through the transformation process. That is a slow thing to do. Yeah. And giving it that time is valuable, even if that means it feels like the content you're bringing on any particular week of of youth group or a main church gathering or anything like that. If it's creating the space for heart work to be done, it's more important than just pumping out another mind blowing piece of service content. Yeah, and the the content is a good thing. Like, the Mm -hmm. Gospels are content. The Epistles are content. The Sermon on the Mount was content. Like, the the, the way of Jesus very often involves content. It's kind of a dirty marketing word these days. But but in in reality, I, I think what I've realized is the content is good. It's it's powerful. I mean, I just had a young man come up to me after a sermon at our school discipleship and it was on the simplicity of the gospel. And he was like, that blew my mind and changed my life. And I was so like humbled because I was driving to that sermon, completely doubting my ability to deliver it. I was like, I feel tired. I do not feel like this is as good as it could be. I'm afraid it's going to be just simple cliche stuff that they've heard a million times. And this is not even like their normal Sunday. This is an additional thing they're taking time out of their week to come to uh, on a Sunday night. These young adults, so just very insecure in myself. And then to hear that it made a difference and, and God just kind of spoke to me and was like, it's not you, man. It's, it's, it's the gospel. It's like this is powerful and it changes lives. So it is a piece of content you need to continue to deliver to people for the rest of your life. But w- what I've realized for me is... I don't think this is this is never going away. Like I I am always going to be somebody, whether I'm working at a church or not, where delivering that message is going to be a part of what I do, no matter like what the context is. But if I am not connected to the source, like the the power won't be there and I will be drained and depleted and struggling, which I've, I've been in that place several times over the past five years, dude. It's like Jesus is that source, like the, the, that flow of like power and energy. And, and, and if we lose sight of it, like nothing makes sense and everything feels empty and hollow. And then you start to see like the cynical cracks in the church and the ways that pastors let people down or don't come through. And it just starts to blur the vision. So to, to me, it's like I need to preach the gospel to myself constantly so that I can recalibrate my vision. Yeah, I think within ministry, it all comes down to the idea of, is it is the main thing happening the way that I am delivering something or the thing that is being delivered? Mm. You know, like I, I kind of think of it like you could be a waiter at a, at a restaurant and you could figure out all of these cool little routes to take to different tables, the exact timing in which you should check up on them, Mm. how to read the room in such a way that you, you know, would be able to 
know who wants a little bit more attention and know who wants a little bit less attention and all that sort of stuff. But if you're just kind of bringing like bad food, (laughs) then it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, if the plate is filled with stuff that isn't really all that filling or tasty or satisfying, it does not matter if you were a better waiter. They still didn't have the meal that they needed. Or if, God forbid, you come out with just an empty plate and you're like, yeah, but I spun around that one table and I avoided that one manager so that I was able to get here to you quickly. Like, I'm doing pretty good, right? It's like, yeah, but we're still going to leave here hungry. We're still going to leave here without the thing we actually came here for. I think the next place I want to go in this is let's let's just get the focus back on Jesus really for the rest of the episode. Let's talk about who he is. Like a lot of people grow up in the church and you ask them who Jesus is and so many people will give different answers. So who is Brian Higgins at this point in your life and journey? Who is Jesus to you? Yeah, that's an important distinction. We're not necessarily going to go through Jesus is the second person of the Trinity, Jesus is God, right. like not necessarily from all of the, the formal theological background, but who has Jesus been for me? He has been, especially recently, the one where no matter what season of life I'm in, he is ready to match that moment and provide the needed wisdom. Mm. So I think back to my faith became real to me in middle school. And when I was in middle school, I mean, like most middle schoolers, I was a terrible person (laughs) and I was just a a jerk that needed to grow up a lot and have a lot of rough edges rounded off and different things like that. I love middle schoolers, but also they're terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't want to paint with too broad a brush, but also every middle schooler needs to completely change. I I honestly think uh, just from my experience in youth ministry, I think it comes down to empathy. For some reason, middle school kids don't have a lot of empathy. That's just a, and they get there, but oh, it, yeah. it takes a minute. They're very self centered in middle school. Yeah, I certainly was. So oh, yeah, you know, not looking. Yeah. So when I was in that stage, faith became real. I'm completely self centered. I had been living thinking that all that mattered was my own comfort and my own well being. Jesus comes in and is like, "Hey, you need to change." And I'm like, "You're right." And he's like, "Great. Here's how we do it." And just kind of matched what I needed in that moment and. Then I needed to make big decisions and God started showing me about his wisdom and perspective for seeing the world. And, you know, now he is the constant I need to stay consistently faithful. I feel that this last six month season has not necessarily been Jesus showing me wildly new things, Hmm. but has been Jesus reminding me. Hey, you know how today just felt totally normal? I was with you that whole time. Yes. You know how today just seemed like a regular day? And for some people, that regularness turns into what's the point? What's the purpose? When we all die, we're just food for worms. And I spent all this time trying to, you know, become blah, 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 blah. And like all these different things. Jesus steps into that and is like, I'm there with you. I am the purpose in all of it. 
if you do this for you, it will crush you. If you do this with me, it will be life-giving and it will be satisfying and it will be all that you need. That I think that is the the clearest thing that Jesus has been for me in this mm. recent season. I love that. I really love that. Yeah. Does that feel like anything that he's been for you recently or do you feel like it's been kind of a different experience of your personal season with Jesus? I feel like it's been similar and also different if that makes sense. I I'm trying to sum up my feelings on on Jesus, which is hard. Like when I think of who is Jesus to me, and I think of the journey I've been on with him and where I'm at right now, I think the the two words that come to my mind the most are hope and peace, like and and purpose. Like when when I think of Jesus, I think of purpose. I think of the the reality that he's the one, right? He's he's the the second person of the triune God, which I know we weren't going to, you know, get into the theology of it, but I just think he we're was still pro theology. It's this we're, is good. yeah, we're, we're still pro theology, but he, he was there at the beginning of everything and he had this plan and he was willing to die for humans that he knew before he even made them were going to betray him and stab him in the back. And, and I think of the trajectory of history and I think about where it's heading and, and there's so much hope. I, I think of Jesus as King and, and Lord and, and Master. And I think of like the reality that like there, I have, I've gone through so much anxiety over the past five years, more than I ever had P- political unrest, identity crisis as a pastor, you know, oh, I'm trying to be a pastor, but I don't work at a church anymore. Who even am I? You know, if I'm not preaching two sermons a week, you know, that whole thing. And then like in the middle of that, it was like moving away from my family and all of my friends to a, a state where I don't know as many, I, I still, after five years, don't know half as many people here as I do in California. So just through that loneliness and through the political stuff, through the, the unrest and then through COVID, like all the anxiety of a global pandemic. And then it wasn't just the, the fear of getting sick. It was seeing what it did to people and seeing like how everyone was at each other's throats and just hateful and, and fighting. Like there were times where like mentally I wanted to just check out over the past couple of years and just give up and just like say, I get, I'm just, I'm just going to not pay attention to anything going on in the world and just play video games and just tune it all out. And through all that, Jesus kept pointing me back to like purpose. Like the end of the story is hope. It's a new heaven and earth where I reign, not not me, but Jesus, like where he reigns as king over everything. And, and all sad things are defeated, all evil, all death, all sickness, all unrest and violence and debate. And, and so I just, to me, Jesus is this ultimate source of hope. Where when I struggle, you know, where it's like, oh my gosh, like I, I remember just recently, like the, the 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 struggle of like trying to be a single income parent and trying to like think of my son's future and his present and just all the anxieties that come with that, you know. And for me, like you know, 
working really hard and, and having things go one way. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, I just lost a big client with my business or, oh, this went bad. That went bad. What are we going to do? And and it's like life is such a roller coaster of highs and lows and dreams and then dashed, crushed dreams. And I've had so many dashed and crushed dreams over the past few years, honestly. But through it all, like Jesus has given me such a crazy sense of peace and hope where he's like, hey, this life is just a shadow of like the life to come. And you have purpose in it, my son. Like I've given you things to do and I'm stoked that you're doing them. I'm proud of you. And you don't have to be the same person your dad was or you don't have to be like this other person in ministry. You just need to love your wife and love your son and step into the things I'm calling you to and you'll find fulfillment because at the end of the day, this story is leading somewhere and we already know where it is. So I know I'm all over the place, but I'm just, I get excited about Jesus, man, because like he, to me, like no one offers what he offers. You know what I mean? Like none of the other religions or, you know, not even getting into like whether they're true or not, but just Jesus offers this compelling vision of what the future could be and then what the present could be. Because in the present, he offers like redemption and forgiveness and friendship and like having someone to look up to who's legitimately perfect, you know, like, uh, and who will never let you down. It's just, yeah, G- Jesus is my king. He's my friend. Yeah. And, and he gives me hope and purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that arc that you're outlining of it seems like when when somebody first comes to Jesus, Jesus shows them how great life can be here and now, because there's a lot of immediate change that needs to happen. There's a lot of character building in your case, just the different ministry opportunities that you had. It was a lot of opportunity and a lot of open doors and a lot of things to do. And it can kind of put you on this mental path of walking with Jesus is life getting better and better at each stage. And so it's like God kind of walks you out of the darkness of being your own personal king into some like immediate glory of what it is like when he is king. And then he can pull you away from that to kind of disentangle you from. But remember, these things here and now, they're not all that there is. Right. And and they're always mixed. It's this mixed bag of beautiful and terrible. And that's always part of life. And so it's like, it's interesting seeing how Jesus can walk a person through oh my goodness, life with you here and now, it's fantastic. Oh, but even when it's not, you're still fantastic. And you don't want me to confuse the good gifts you've given me for you. Yeah, And and that seems to be, like, I don't know if you would call that a fair categorization of what you were just describing, but that was one of the thoughts that kind of popped out for me. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah, I went through something recently with this. good long conversation with my wife about this and I'll I'll share kind of a little bit of how that went but I went for a long walk a few months ago and I was just praying and thinking about stuff and I I realized something like it hit me like a ton of bricks I was like something has changed in me in the past few years and it's not actually a good change it's something I need to address and what I said to my wife was Nothing has changed about my faith. Like, I have not lost my faith. If anything, my faith, that's why, like, 
when I started the conversation, I was like, I need to talk about some changes in my faith. But like, first things first, I, I just so you know, this isn't like a, I've deconstructed and now I'm, you know, post-Christian. It, it was like my faith in Jesus actually is, if anything, it's stronger than it's ever been. But I've lost something along the way. And what that is, is I've lost my childlike sense of wonder that believes that God can do anything and will do anything that he wants and that he actually wants to like bless my socks off. And what I, in my conversation with my wife, I was like, this, this was my trajectory. It was like, I was, I grew up in a Christian home. I was lonely and a nerd and didn't feel like I had purpose in life. And then all of a sudden, Jesus gave me a ton of those things all at once. He was like, Here's a youth group that you can minister to. And then like, oh, here's a here's a girl who's amazing and wonderful. Oh, now she's your wife. Oh, now you're a youth pastor in that community you've been working with. Like now you're you have even more purpose than you in your marriage and in this youth group. Like you have so much purpose and so, like so much to live for. And it was just crazy stuff where it was like the places that we were getting to rent in California were ridiculously priced, like so low. Did it didn't make any sense. Like and, and God was giving us these places to live that we could use for ministry. And we had kids coming over to the house. And, and, and so I just, I had this like long span where just every day I woke up, never dreading going to work. I was like, I am doing what I was made to do. I love it. I love my wife. I love these kids. I just want to serve the Lord and he can do anything. And you know what I mean? Like, and I was getting to go on missions trips around the world. Like life was very adventurous and fun. And it just felt like everything was growing and it felt like there was no limit to what could happen. And then God said, move to Oklahoma (laughs) and just everything kind of came crashing down in a lot of ways. And just over the struggle of like coming here and like still like struggling to get pregnant before we had our kid, Jack and, and, and financial trouble and just career changes and trying to do ministry and knocking on doors and none of them are opening. And, and, and so like, I, I realized, I told my wife, I was like somewhere along the line, I got jaded and cynical. And now that we have our son, even more so, I don't have this attitude of like, God can do anything and he's amazing. And I just want to, I just want to go wherever he leads me. I just want to be open to whatever the spirit would do. I'm much more like, okay, time to do the work so that I can provide for my family. And let's not get too crazy or adventurous because we don't want to rock the boat. We want to keep everybody happy and secure. Is this resonating at all? Yeah. Yeah. The (laughs) idea of... You know, the Holy Spirit could do anything, but it needs to be within my budget because otherwise, (laughs) I don't know how it's going to work. I I think it's interesting talking through the idea of the childlike wonder is gone, but every piece, like you now have a child. You are not the child of the family. Yeah. Yeah. Similar boat. I am not the youngest in the family anymore. I am now someone that will be looked up to with responsibility in mind yeah until i die like that's just that's the new phase of life that i'm in that that's never ending yeah um it's never ending sounds like there's so much dread in that like i'm very excited that this is where i'm at but it's a very different thing yeah it's just a very different thing and part of what I love about Jesus and and even thinking about a little bit of how my conception of Jesus's relationship with me, how that's changed over the years. Part of it is, can I hold on to the simple basic truths as life gets more complicated? Yeah. 
You know, like right now, I have, I mean, no one ever has complete control of a one-year-old, but also like he's a one-year-old. Like (laughs) I'm so much bigger than him. Like there's really (laughs) nothing he can do that I can't stop. Yeah. You know, like he'll cry for a while, but like I, he's, he's little, put him in the crib, close the door. He can't do anything. Like he can't, like he can't undo my plans on like crazy massive scales. But eventually, like, he'll have his own complete agency. Like, eventually, I will toss him the keys to a car. And then it'll just be like, well, now I'm I'm losing that control. Like, new phases will come along that will only add to the stress and responsibility and weight that you feel with life going onward. Part of walking with Jesus is at each of those new phases, can I learn to be childlike then? Yeah. And can I keep learning to be childlike? And can I keep learning to just uh, abide with Jesus in this? And and kind of getting past the idea of there's one way God wants me to feel about my life. Yeah. Mm. There's one set of emotions that he wants me to have and one mindset I need to have at all times. Instead of like God has put me in a life that is changing and flowing and moving in a bunch of different directions. Yeah. He is here to guide me through those new directions. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I agree 100%. And that that's that's where I had to come to with it where I was like, I want that childlike sense of wonder back. That doesn't mean being irresponsible. That doesn't mean like saying, "Hey, let's quit my job and move to Sweden." Just 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 cuz like I had a thought today that it could be cool. You know, like that, that's, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Like just, it's not childishness, Mm -hmm. but I have been trying to go to the Lord and just say like, Hey, I need that sense of wonder back. And, and for me, part of that was being willing to take a risk again, like the whole school discipleship thing. A part of me didn't want to do that. Cause I was like, God, I've started so many things over the past five years between you know, the, the podcast network and my job at CGN and Hased creative, you know, that thing I was doing to help missionaries. And I've just, it's like, it feels like I've constantly been in like building mode. And I was like, I kind of just want to rest. And, and I feel like the Lord was like, just, you're thinking too hard about it. This is something I'm calling you to do. Just like, let go, do a little bit of work and then trust me that I'm going to provide the way. And, and for me, that's what it was a return to where it was like, I don't have to have this all figured out. I don't have to have the, you know, 12 step plan to make it work. I just need to trust that this is the direction God is leading me and then have faith, you know, and that that's where I'm trying to get back, man, is like that sense of for me. And I, like, I want that as a father too. I want to be able to pass down like an infectious sense of like, Hey, Jesus is King and he's on the move and he's doing things and he wants to involve our family. And that doesn't mean that like every day is going to be like nonstop ministry. Like, like some days are just normal days where like you do your homework and go to school and go to your job. But like, but there will be days where God uses us in unexpected and incredible ways. And I I want to expect that, you know? Yeah. It's getting out of Getting out of the way of God in a lot of ways. You know, you are in a spot where if like when you're a kid, your parents just kind of tell you one day, hey, we're moving. We're going to leave this house and we're going to live in that house. And Mm. as a kid, you're just kind of like, cool. Like, let me know when I get in the car. Let me know when I get in the truck. I don't know. I never moved as a kid. I don't know if that's how it goes, but (laughs) they just kind of tell you that this is what's happening right now. (laughs) Get nope. in the van. And no you just kind of 
Yeah, you just uh, apparent. That's that's how I always thought that it went. And then movers come and pack up all your stuff, and you go. You that's go. Andy's role in moving in Toy Story seemed pretty simple. Pick a toy. Um, Pick your favorite toy that'll ride with you in the front seat. You have a singular box <laughs> yeah. that seems to be half toys. All of it. And that's it. He has one outfit and a box of toys. Everything else is sorted for you. You know, when, when, Nate moved, when Nate moved into this house that I'm currently recording in, all he had to do was play in a new place. Yeah. But I had to go rent a truck. And I, I mean, I first had to, you know, go with my wife to go look at a bunch of different houses and then find a realtor and write up an offer and give the bank all the papers they needed and then I needed to go rent a truck and I needed to unassemble a bed frame and then I needed to get frustrated when it didn't go back together perfectly right and you know that all of the things that made the move work they were on me and now as we're in this stage of to move things forward for a family someone's got to do it and it be, it's easy to start falling into self-reliance because of that. Yeah. Because as responsibility grows, you're like, well, I'm the one who's supposed to make stuff happen. And God is like, no, no, I'm, I'm bringing you into what I do for you. Mm. I'm mm. giving you this new portrait into how my relationship with you works. Yeah. This does not undo the fact that God is still God and Jesus is still the one who is looking at our lives in the same way that we now look at the lives of our family. Yeah, it's good. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Good Lion Podcast. In the second part of this conversation, Brian and I are going to dive into the ways that people's perceptions and understandings of Jesus evolve and shift over time. Many of us can begin our experience with Jesus looking at him as our personal savior, and that's it. Then we can move to a place of seeing Jesus as our genie or our servant or our therapist or our life coach. But ultimately, we want people to shift into a place of seeing Jesus as king. In part two, we'll discuss how this shift changes our focus from ourselves to his kingdom. We'll share stories from our lives and practical tips on how to reconnect with Jesus amidst all of the chaos of changing culture and life circumstances and busyness and all of those things. It's going to be a great conversation. I hope you tune in. That'll be coming out next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. We appreciate you so much. We hope this episode has encouraged and challenged you to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Our goal and heart for the show is to always be pointing you to the God who is not safe, but who is very, very good. If you enjoyed this show, we would so appreciate it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. The more reviews we get, the more people are able to find the show. So please leave a review. It helps so much. The Good Line Podcast is produced by myself, Aaron Salvato, and my co-host, Brian Higgins. And we are a part of CGN Media. For more great content, visit cgnmedia.org. For more from Good Lion Ministries, you can also find tons of podcasts, resources, courses, and more at our ministries website, goodlion.org. If you'd like to support the work that we do, please visit goodlion.org support. With your help, we can continue pointing people to Jesus and providing thought-provoking resources for the church. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this episode helped you on your journey of following Jesus. And until next time, keep your eyes fixed on him.